0: to the commander theory podcast i'm nick beatman and i'm here with my friend zach mack hello theorists in the the last week or so we've gotten our first taste of modern horizons 2 (laughs) and so we're going to be going over the cards we've seen so far and in future weeks we're going to have more episodes going over new cards as they are spoiled but we've got a handful to talk about today so i i don't want to waste too much time yeah but before we jump in i want to briefly talk about our patreon if you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, with that, let's jump in. Uh, we're going to start with the legendary creatures that have been spoiled. What is the first one we're going to be talking about? So yeah, this one is Thrasta, Tempest's Roar. So Thrasta is a
1: 7-7 legendary creature dinosaur for 12 mana, 10 green green. And I saw this and I was like, oh, okay, they're doing a Galta thing here, aren't they? This spell costs three generic Lesta cast for each other spell cast this turn. So I was like, oh, they're doing a Storm thing. Mm-hmm. It has Trample, Haste, and it has Trample over Planeswalkers. And what that means is this creature deals excess combat damage to the controller of the Planeswalker it's attacking. So you hit a Planeswalker with three loyalty, you deal four damage to the controller. Thrasta, Tempest, Roar, has hexproof as long as it entered the battlefield this turn. I think the the <laughs> the biggest thing with Thrasta like being a storm commander is that food
0: chain just like pew, just you're going off, right? Like Yeah, yeah. Your cost reduction outpaces the command tax. So mm-hmm. you know as soon as you get Thrasta down with a food chain, uh you get infinite storm, infinite creatures entering the battlefield, infinite creatures being cast. Uh, in in green, there is just so many ways to like hang something on those hooks, so that you end up mm-hmm. like o- honestly, like really, all you need at that point is just like a walking ballista, yeah, <laughs> because you're gonna have infinite mana to spend on creature spells, and that'll win you the game from there. And mm-hmm. of course, like you're in green, it's so easy to uh to mm-hmm. search out creatures. It's um, yeah, it's, pretty uh, trivial. Yeah, the the I'd say the main downside to this combo though is that it's pretty much impossible to find a food chain in uh, a mono green deck <laughs> yeah that is yeah. definitely the downside mm-hmm. i mean you just cast your
1: rish expertise right until you get there just seven seven cards <laughs> at much. a time yeah. <laughs> until till you can find it so yeah you'll you'll get there eventually i guess is the thought but yeah this is I'm i'm not like super excited personally about this but i do think a storm dinosaur is pretty hilarious so i think that's cool i think you already put a deck together for it right
0: yes uh we've got a list which we are going to link to in the episode description uh even if you don't see the food chain there's just a lot of ways to to reduce Mm -hmm. this card's cost um there's a lot of mana neutral ramp spells in green if you've got your your wild growth your utopia sprawl um gaia's touch arguably exploration Uh, Also, like fast artifact mana is really, really good here. Like casting, you know, a a lotus petal or a jeweled lotus, dropping its cost by three and then adding mana to cast it is just like in my testing, I've been able to get it down like turn three ish pretty consistently. Um, You do have to mulligan a little bit aggressively just to get things to line up okay. Yeah.
1: It reminds me a lot of like Dargo, where like Mm -hmm. a lot of cheap little artifacts like that end up adding like three or four to Dargo's cost if you're just trying to get them down like really quickly. And yeah. I'm a huge fan of that card. So this little, this or this little, this big dino seems like it probably end up being pretty fun.
0: Yeah, that that's a, actually an excellent point of comparison. It even has the same power and the yeah. same <laughs> yeah. strategy, really.
1: Yeah. yeah, just you're in a green, so you get better card draw. So, yep. <laughs> woo. Um, Can I move on to this next commander? Yes, go right ahead. I think this is the only other commander commander that we've gotten, like legendary creature. Yeah, that's right. Um, so this is Usury, Fortune's Flame. This is a 2-3 flying efreet for one blue-red, and they have this doozy of a uh, trigger. Whenever Usury attacks, choose a number between one and five. Flip that many coins. For each flip you win, draw a card. For each flip you lose, Usury deals two damage to you. If you've won five flips this way, you may cast spells from your hand this turn without paying their mana costs. So, <laughs> holy holy cow. This is, I think, perfectly distills down to what people who like coin flip play wanted in a coin flip commander, you know? Mm. Go big or go home.
0: Yeah, uh, and there's a lot of ways to build around this just to mm-hmm. sort of um either like increase the upside or mitigate the downside. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. if you slap a, a Shadow Spear or a Basilisk collar on Yusufri and give him lifelink, then uh you know you're you're basically not going to take any damage off of the lost flips. And you know, Quark's Thumb is great as well. It's gonna help you increase the, the number of times you're gonna draw cards rather than take damage. Uh and Zinderspilt, the one half of the partner with duo from Battle Bond uh, draws you cards whenever you win flips so that can sort of like increase the the highs um of the, the of what usury is able to do mm-hmm. but even if you aren't able to like pull together one of those cards that sort of make usury's trigger even better i think i'm picking five every time i don't know about you
1: yeah no i, I don't i can't really imagine a world in which i'm not just going for it because i know that i like i know the numbers i know literally like what the chance of that happening are just just going straight for it, just like bare bones white knuckle in it, but what why not? <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> like even if I don't get five, if I draw three or four cards off of an attack trigger, that's
0: pretty nuts, you know, so yeah, like the expected value basically is mm-hmm. you know losing five life, drawing two and a half cards, I'm okay with that, that seems yeah, that's a decent deal that's pretty that's. Pretty good. I think most players would take that
1: exchange. So yeah. I'm uh pretty high. I, I didn't think we were gonna get or need another coin flip commander, but I actually really like Usery a lot. I think this is
0: great. Yeah, I'd I'd say like one thing I dislike about Usery, because I think it's a powerful card, you know, it comes down early, you're drawing multiple cards off of it every turn. Is just I think there's not a whole lot of scaffolding for what the rest of the deck is trying to do. Mm-hmm. you know we mentioned like a handful of cards but it's not like zinder and Nocon where you're filling the deck with these coin flip effects like usri doesn't actually reward you for playing any other coin flip effects and it's not super clear what you're supposed to do with the rest of the deck because what your commander mostly does is just draw you cards
1: i mean with that said we're gonna get more legendary creatures i'm excited to see just because these are such bangers like Mm-hmm. what wizards is gonna throw us <laughs> i i really i think long-time listeners will know i really like modern horizons one i like time spiral remastered and i'm glad modern horizons one was something that like just in personal circles i'd said for a long time like if they can make conspiracy why don't they just make time spiral draft sets you know like why don't it doesn't have to be a main set time spiral is a mistake as a main set but like time spiral remastered obviously was great like modern horizons one was great like barring the straight to modern stuff like the design for these cards is so cool and so fun for us as commander players that i always kind of thought it would be a cool idea and hey we're it was turns out it was and so i'm just really excited maybe you can tell (laughs) but also because we get cards like this next one uh that uh are kind of buck wild and have really cool art and I don't know, can I
0: get can I get into this guy? Let me just throw out one more piece of tech for U3 before we move on. Oh yeah, on. of course.
1: Go I'm um, yeah, I'm just too excited.
0: Yeah, that's all right. So Strionic Resonator is also mm-hmm. really good in this deck. It's great that you can sort of curve, you know, turn three U three into turn four Strionic Re- Resonator, activate it uh when Usu's attack trigger is on the stack. But that that's all I wanted to get out of the way. Go ahead, read us this <laughs> next card.
1: Yes, so um this is a planeswalker. We've seen a planeswalker now. From the set. This is Dakon Shadow Slayer. So they actually got Richard Keane Ferguson to do the art for this guy, <laughs> which is so cool. Um holding this big sword. Uh, so this is a planeswalker, three mana, white, blue, black. Dacon enters the battlefield with a number of loyalty counters on him equal to the lands you control. Uh so the number of lands you control. So that could be three, that could be eight, who knows? Um, he has plus one, surveil two. So, Surveil is Scry, but instead of putting on the bottom, you mill it. Mm -hmm. Minus three is Exile Target Creature. Minus six, you may put an Artifact card from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield. So, um, I think the one thing that really came to mind about this, for me, is that this is a Yannette card. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get it for free. It helps you set up. So, Yannette is the Sphinx for five mana, like two and Esper that when it attacks, you reveal the top card of your library. And if it's an odd mana value, you cast it for free. Mm-hmm. Dacon seems like that's where I'd put this. Because you're putting in a lot of like stupid haymakers. You're putting in a, a decent amount of artifacts because you're like in Esper. I think that's where I would probably look to play Dacon. The removal's good there because then you net doesn't die. The surveil's good because it sets you up. And then the minus six is just gravy. So that's kind of where I was thinking about. Back on myself but i don't know if he has like a lot of places in the format
0: yeah i i feel like you know the plus one and minus three are just they're kind of generally useful um yeah. he comes into play with a lot of loyalty so i was thinking like oh maybe this is like a, a potential option for like super friends decks because you know he can he helps control the board he helps set up your draws so i was thinking like that could be something but like the minus six doesn't really do a whole lot in like a super friends list you're just not running that many high impact artifacts i don't know if i'd just like throw them in a random artifact deck either i don't know what your thoughts are
1: no i i don't think i would either and the thing about a lot of artifact lists is that it's not um it's not 2011 anymore like we're not stuck playing esper if you want to play an artifact list anymore so there i would actually argue that there are different colors with better <laughs> Artifact synergies now. Red. Red. Mm-hmm. So I think Dacon just kind of is a cool card. And maybe someday we'll get a return to Alara and get another cool Esper Artifact commander. But until that point, I'm cool with this throwback, you know? Yep. Um. Do you want to get into the
0: next card? Sure. Uh, this is a pretty narrow use case for this one. <laughs> yeah, <think>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, this is Timeless Dragon. Three white-white for a 5-5 five, five creature dragon with flying. It has plane cycling for two. Uh, and it has Eternalize for two white-white. So just as a reminder, you can if it's in your graveyard, you can pay two white-white, exile this card, create a token that's a copy of it, except it's a 4-4 four, four, and it's a black zombie dragon with no mana cost. And you can only do that as a sorcery. So extremely narrow, but... Yes. Uh, If you're running like a Dromoka the Eternal uh, Dragons, Dragon Tribal List, um, this is one of the few non changeling dragons that cost less than five mana. So you could, if you're trying to curve into Dromoka, you could play like, you know, uh, turn two, cycle this guy. Turn three, play some three mana changeling. Turn four, eternalize it. Turn five, Dromoka, swing with your guys. You're getting two bolster triggers already. Something like that. Or alternatively, just like it's two dragons for Dromica, if you want to just cast it fairly and then bring it back later in the game after a wrath. I'm
1: not super excited about this card. This is one of the ones where I was like tickled by the design. I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing there. That's a reference to Eternal Dragon. It has Eternal Eyes. <laughs> But yeah, I'm not like super excited to jam this in, in list. I, I think another card with plane cycling that is good is probably worth it for some players to play, but I'm I'm kind of neither here nor there on it. Yeah. This next card is Rishadon Dockhand. This is a 1-2 merfolk for one blue mana. It has Island Walk, so it's unblockable if your opponent has islands. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> and generic tap, tap target land. So pay one mana, tap it, tap a land, just like Rishadon Port. <laughs> like... I, so, okay, first thing, I really like this card. I think it's really cool that this is going straight into modern modern Merfolk and Tekken against Tron or whatever. But th- <laughs> why, why is it only a Merfolk? There's literally two tribes this could have been, and it would have made perfect sense, you know? It could have been yes. a rogue, and it could have been a pirate. Neither of those would have had anybody bad an eye. Both of those tribes would have, like, incredibly benefited from a one-mana evasive creature. Mm-hmm. I'm upset. Yeah, <laughs> I'm upset. I, I mean, there's a a pirate ship
0: in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, you see the the stereotypical guys with the the bandanas and the cutlasses and all this stuff. It's like this just should have this should have been a pirate. This should have been a pirate. Yeah, uh, and I would have accepted rogue because rogues need the help. I would have. Why just a merfolk?
0: <laughs> I know. Terrible. Very bad job, wizards. <sighs> clearly yeah. this needs a subtype but uh i i don't think the merfolk tribal decks care about this at all no like, it's just yeah. like too low impact and they don't like the evasion is fine but it's not like what the the merfolk commanders incentivize in the same way that like rogues and pirates do exactly and also like
1: Rishadon port isn't a powerhouse in commander you know like tapping down one land of one opponent's isn't super good so it really has got to be running on that like either evasion or the type line and uh it's really not getting there Mm -hmm. (laughs) for me you know like it really needed that extra little little word on there and we didn't didn't we didn't quite
0: get that so whoops oopsies all right moving on to the next card this is grief two black black for a creature elemental incarnation it's a three two with menace When it enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non-land card from it. That player discards that card. And it has evoke, which is basically it enters the battlefield and is immediately sacrificed, but you cast it for its evoke cost instead of its normal mana cost. Uh, And the evoke cost is exile a black card from your hand. What are your thoughts on this card? To start, I think this card is fine.
1: Um, I think in commander it is simply... A uh, good ETB creature, not crazy powerful. 3-2 Menace for four that you can blink to kind of keep around or cheat something in. I think it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. It definitely is very strong in Modern, where the Evoke cost combined with other things like Ephemerate, which was in Modern Horizons <laughs> 1, so you mm-hmm. can kind of see the impact of of <laughs> these <laughs> They're just slow rolling the combos. Yeah, Exactly i think it's there's a lot more to be said there i still don't think it's as crazy as people are saying it is um but i i just think this is a cool design even if i'm not like super interested in uh, in running it outside of like the few black discard commanders we have you know
0: yeah that's kind of how i feel as well um in tiny bones it's kind of nice that if you evoke it, Tiny Bones will immediately like sort of give you back the card you spent to evoke it. Yeah. Um. Also, in Turgrid, like I've kind of talked before about how Turgrid, you you kind of like, you know, you play it, and then you kind of have to wait a round of turns to, or you have to wait around. Yeah, to, get anything. Yeah, to, to yeah. like cast your discard spells, cast your sacrifice spells, and and really go off with it but this is another way to like cast Turgrid and then immediately snipe like the biggest scariest creature out of the green player's hand.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably the best place for it. Like I, both of those obviously are the the best discard commanders we've gotten and um Turgrid in particular being able to go like, "Oh, okay, well, red green player, uh show me your hand." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> After I drop my Turgrid turn 5 is a lot better than going okay red green player don't kill my (laughs) (laughs) before my next turn because i'm gonna Mm. make you discard um so yeah it's i think it's fine i'm really excited to see the rest of the cycle like if this is if this is the black one like what what is the white one gonna be what is i know dude i can't wait to gain three life life off that white one (laughs) (laughs) yep
0: exile card (laughs) gain three life um do you want to move on to this next card? Uh, I'll just say one thing before we move on, which is like, mm-hmm. you know, when evaluating grief, you should probably consider that like unmask, uh, yes, is is seeing very low adoption on EDH rec, so that's yeah. kind of, uh, where you need to like anchor your expectations. Yeah, that's actually a really good point, and and
1: a lot of times creatures that do spell effects are more popular than just the spell, mm-hmm. um, barring very particular circumstances like Mm -hmm. the maguses and things like that yeah um so i i would imagine this could be a little bit more popular but uh again i think that's probably a good frame of reference you know yeah but yeah i guess we got another black card and do you want me i'll read it and you get into it sure go ahead yeah so this is profane tutor it has no mana cost it has suspend two for one in a black so every upkeep you remove a suspend counter when it has zero counters on it you cast it for free search your library for a card put that card into your hand then shuffle so oh this is a black card it has no mana cost but it is a black card um and it tutors
0: it tutors for you two turns later um yeah what do do you do with this so uh a friend of mine who has a first sliver deck uh shout out to rick um mentioned that he was thinking about running it in his first sliver deck. Um mm-hmm. because you know that deck is is trying to minimize or, or rather maximize the number of slivers in the deck so that you can like, you know, cast one sliver and then chain all the way down to like a one CMC sliver and then ch- from there chain down into like an ancestral vision or in this case a profane tutor. Mm-hmm. Just it basically a zero CMC the deck runs a handful of zero CMC spells um that you're almost guaranteed to flip into off of your cascade triggers
1: mm-hmm. so like wheel of fate ancestral vision and now Profene tutor i think are all just great for that list because you go through all your, your slivers you get more slivers mm-hmm. <laughs> they all just help you reload so quickly um first sliver is insane i keep needing to remember to buy one before they're two million dollars so this is a good ch- <laughs> this is a good time for any listener to also do the same mm-hmm. Other than that, like I think, like Yidris is pretty good with this. Like things that like Grant Cascade, uh, there aren't really many of them. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's, I don't think this has like too many homes. But if you can cast it for free, um, yeah, that seems like a good place for it. I, I maybe listeners at home will be able to yell at us on the internet, on Twitter, or wherever, see if they got some good places for it too. Mm-hmm. Um. So this next one. Is uh, it's <laughs> kind of adorable. This is Flame Tongue Yearling. This is a two-one Kavu for red-red, so two mana. Mm-hmm. It has multi kicker, multi kicker of two, so it's kicker that you can do as many times as you want to pay for it. Um, just too generic as many times as you want. Flame Tongue Yearling enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter for each time it was kicked. When it enters the battlefield, it deals damage equal to its power to target creature. So. Some few things about Flametongue Kavu that are true about Flametongue Yearling. It will kill itself if it's the only creature on the yep. battlefield. So, well, I guess that's the one thing. So just beware, be wary, listener. Do not
0: um don't just cast this on an empty board. <laughs> Flame Tongue Kavu's adoption on EDH reg is, is pretty low. Um maybe too low. A hot yeah. take. Um, yeah. <laughs> but this is not. This is definitely like worse than that. Um, so I could really only see it seeing play in like a Haller deck, the the yeah. red green guy from Dominaria that triggers when you cast spells with Kicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think could be a potential use for this card, but otherwise I don't think it's going to see much play. Yeah. I
1: could imagine it in like a Torbrand list or something like that too, because mm-hmm. it, it's pretty much guaranteed to kill something for cheap. It's going to deal a little bit extra damage yeah one of our
0: one of our patrons uh rafael mentioned running this in a zagras list because zagras would grant it death touch yeah that's that's great i think that's a great idea
1: so yeah maybe i think i agree with you i've been running flametongue kavu in a lot of red decks recently and it has um been overperforming for me i think again because the format has just shifted towards that lower cmc over the years but um I'll give this guy a shot. I'll let people know (laughs) what happens, how how he plays out. This next card is... We we have some artifacts for you. The art on this next one is uh, kind of great. I actually really like this a lot. (laughs) Um, This is Brainstone. It is a one-mana artifact. It has two, tap, sacrifice, Brainstone. Draw three cards, then put two cards from your hand on top of your library in any order. So this is brainstorm on a rock. Uh, yeah, and it's
0: pretty good, I think. Um, yeah, I think there's uh definitely a lot of commanders that really, really care about the top card of their library. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking like God Eternal Kefnet, Yenit, uh, Intet, Vivictus, Asmati the Dire. Um, there's there's just a fair number of commanders that really want to be able to control the top card of their library. And this, like, the rate is pretty decent here, and there just aren't a whole lot of ways to manipulate your top cards. So I think this is good. I, I think I would definitely run this in, in those types of decks.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: um, what's your name? I was thinking Emery, Lurker
1: of the Lock, like getting the ability to like play this multiple times and also
0: just like mill the cards you don't want like mill the bad cards that's pretty sweet Mm -hmm. yeah so
1: there's like i I think this is just gonna slot into a lot of really cool places in the format like the amount of times i've seen friends attack with atali and like whiff what if you don't have to do that anymore (laughs) what if you hit what you want um when you attack with your atali so
0: i I I have personally almost never seen Itali with
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm i yeah they i feel always like, have it <laughs> i'm in this like small percentage of like they always hit three lands you know uh, okay. like it's always it's always when you're playing your itali against me it's just not gonna work that's my secret Oh power <laughs> but uh i guess to move on to the next uh artifact this is um very <laughs> this is very funny this is diamond lion this is a 2-2 artifact creature, cat, for two generic. It has tap, discard your hand, sacrifice Diamond Lion, add three mana of any one color, activate only as an instant. So it's the same activated ability as Lion's Eye Diamond. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: <laughs> what do you think about this? No, just no. <laughs> this is not going to work. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll tell you what. If if any of you listeners think of a, a really sweet use for Diamond Lion, please tell us because you know I'm reading this card over and over. First, I see like the tap, and then I see the mana cost, and then I just don't. I, I, yeah, it's two not mana. Not a way to make this work.
1: Yeah, it's just not going to combo the same way as Lion's Eye Diamond, being that it's a two mana creature. <laughs> like you might get some value in some decks, but there are decks that just don't care about having a hand. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of like a stretch. That's like so narrow. I'm not, not feeling it. Yeah. Um. But the next card, we have one more card to talk about. We can do some like hopes and dreams maybe after this, but also just like this next one's kind of a doozy. Do you want to sure. get into
0: it? Yeah, uh, I can read this one off. This is, we, we saved the weirdest for last. Yeah. <laughs> this is Urza's Saga. It's an enchantment land urza's saga <laughs> uh, uh its first chapter is Urza saga gains tap add c it's chapter two is Urza saga gains to tap create a zero zero colorless construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus, plus one for each artifact you control and chapter three is search your library for an artifact with with mana cost zero or one put it onto the battlefield then shuffle Okay, it's worth noting that this is not mana value zero or one; it's mana cost. Yes, yes, so, specifically zero or one. Yes, so you're not going to get your Mox tanalite. I know you were very excited to do that, uh, <laughs> but you do get to get Soul Ring and Mana Crypt. So, really, this is just uh this is just like a colorless land that like levels up into a Soul Ring mm-hmm. after two turns, which is really really good on its face. <laughs> like that, I think it just automatic format staple because i I mean unless you're running like you know four color five color something with really really gnarly mana requirements um this is just very very good um Mm -hmm. it's worth noting that of course you know it's enchantment that's a slight downside You, you could get it blasted by someone's disenchant or something but i would still happily drop this on turn one in order to to get my soul ring on turn three and of course, um, it it's even like, even a little bit, I'm not even like selling it enough because yeah. <laughs> like it puts the soul ring or the, the mana crypt directly onto the battlefield and you can like tap it in response. So really on on the turn three, on chapter three, you're getting two mana from the soul ring and one mana from the saga before it goes away permanently. So it's like one, one, three, two, 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 two in terms of your mana production off of this card which is yeah. bonkers, which is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, like if you are in a deck that like really cares about Skullclamp, it's just another copy of that. Um, this just seems like an amazing, amazing card. And I n- am, I know it's not going to be cheap, so it's going to be really <laughs> hard to pick up as many of these as I need. Yeah,
1: it's just one of the, the problems with this card is that people, there is hype around it. So it's going to be expensive probably. I think you're right that it is a staple. I totally agree with that. I don't know how many decks I don't think everyone needs to rush to play it. I know like the push to like personally not play Sol Ring has been bigger on the internet these last few years. Mm-hmm. So I think that if you are one of those people who are like, Well, I'm electing to not play Sol Ring, then obviously this this card's not gonna be as good for you. And I also like am not sure how I feel about it. Like turn eight when you draw it then it's just like i guess i get a two two or i get i get the construct out of it but it, the, the possibility for explosiveness i think is the thing that makes us crazy like I, you could say the same thing about a solar ring turn eight right like it's not as good as turn one it that's i, mean, I don't it's think still that's, better
0: than like any land
1: so. yeah exactly i i don't think that point it basically being that I don't actually think that's enough of a criticism of this card to like warrant not playing it like, mm-hmm. Oh, but it's bad turn 10. Like that doesn't, who cares? Like yeah. that's not the point of it. So I really, all I'm trying to say is that I wish the hype would die down. <laughs> <laughs> I wish people would just rationally look at this, but that's not how, um that's not how people purchase this game. You know, oh. it's not, not what happens. So, um, yeah, definitely a crazy card. I'm excited to see uh, everything else in the set. Is, is there anything in particular you are expecting, looking for? Do you have any predictions you want to share with people?
0: Uh, a white enchantment with a trigger that investigates. That is pretty attractive. Um, I'm hoping that it's not something that only triggers once per turn, but we'll see when we get it. I'm also hoping it costs like three men or less and <laughs> does not have the word uh, equipment in its text. but but we'll see um let me think other other things i'm really uh okay uh if an insect card was milled this way that line of text is somewhere uh on On, a card in horizons yeah and so i'm very i'm very excited to see like more obscure tribal effects i think that's great hopefully it's on a legendary creature because then it'll like potentially add a new deck to the Mm -hmm. format but just like more random tribal uh, can potentially enable decks that didn't exist previously, mm-hmm. um, and then I'd say like the number one thing I am hopeful for and is that this is the set in which we get the uh, the Phyrexian like some sort of Phyrexian reprint or like a reprint of a Phyrexian card, so that this is like the tr- the thing that forces them to finally do the phyrexian errata for all the, I know, that the would be, phyrexians that would be pretty rad if that actually
1: happened right
0: yes uh so that's that's really what i'm looking forward to out of the set and of course just like more weird cards um you know mm. that they're in addition to like this this weird mix and match like um you know one like subtypes uh from multiple card types like urza's Saga, um, another clue from the teaser is that there's going to be an artifact creature clue mirror. Uh, So yeah, just weird stuff like that. I'm so excited for it's going to be a really fun spoiler season.
1: Yeah. I think um, one of the things that made me like modern horizon so much is like just one of the things that makes me like cards these days is like because all of the cards were throwbacks and or references and like mixed and matched mechanics, uh, much like time spiral did. They all kind of wedged their ways into different play styles, you know. Like you could do a card uh, like like Brainstone. It is an artifact, but it does what Brainstorm does. But because it's an artifact and it sacks itself, like you can have out of the graveyard play. You can have top of the library play. It's an artifact, so you can have play that deals with artifacts. It's a one mana artifact, so you can search it up with your Urza Saga. Um, and I actually think I'm higher on Urza Saga now because I just realized that you can all of the things that you can get with it, that aren't just mana. You like you don't ha- you could just get Commander's Plate with it mm-hmm. if you wanted. So I think I get like a Nile Spellbomb with it. Yeah, you can get Spell Spellbomb. You could get Dark Steel Relic. Wow. Um, yeah, I think I'm actually higher on that card than I was just talking about it five minutes ago. So I'm. Uh, <laughs> i'm very excited to see like what angles they throw on all these cards like how did they mix and match the mechanics this time um there's one that's like instead create one of each that's one of the hints we got Mm -hmm. one of each one (laughs) (laughs) i would love to know what i'm creating one of each of Mm um like there is a uh Dowthy, is that how you say that rogue
0: the uh, the man, shadow creatures I, I always thought it was Dothy, but you Dothy, know, whatever okay. sounds better to you
1: i always said Dothy too so i'm gonna go with that so like there's a Dothy rogue
0: i'm expecting it has shadow or something yeah, like that, that so sweet. that's gonna be really cool you know so I, it's hey, just put in your uh i mean assuming the mana cost is low enough put it in your anelon deck yeah <laughs> exactly like that's that's the hope right is that we're gonna get these
1: things that that kind of fit into uh, certain decks easily and multiple playstyles. Um mm. So that's, that's what I'm excited about. And I, um, I can't wait to, we're going to get it. It's going to be a torrent of spoils. So everybody bring your, um, bring your, your goulashes, get, get bundled <laughs> up because they're get comfy. Cause it's going to just hit you in the face with spoils. Yes. Yeah week so it's going to be a tough week for for content creators (laughs) uh yeah my i'd like to say my body is ready but i'm not sure if that's the truth (laughs) so um yeah that's it thank you for for listening we'll we'll hit you guys up with more modern horizons ideas cards
0: builds very soon uh want to before we leave i want to give a brief thank you to our patreon patrons they are gustav ryan mark amon addison mason rick laser raphael charlotte the white clays hannah anthony andy dylan james justed load roger evan bryce dylan benjamin jamie matthew jason kyle brandon Kydell, jeremy russell troy dylan walter leo ian john john tom kevin roxanne and brian thank you all for supporting the show if you're not currently a patreon patron but would like to become one please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory thanks for listening if any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check them out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.